All right. All right, you go ahead. You go ahead, you keep it secret. But you remember this. When you control the mail, you control information. Um, yeah, it does feel weird. It's a uh, different colours of what I've been wearing in the last two years. <clears throat> but um, for anyone who knows me, and I think most of you all you know me very well, that uh, as soon as I adapt uh, to new to new colours, a new club, you know, that's my club. That's the way I feel. big jobs in the NRL, Danny. It's a, uh, it's a tough job uh, being head coach, but you know, when it's in your blood, uh, um, you get excited, and I'm really excited about a uh, you know, huge challenge here ahead of me. Okay, everybody, you've asked for him time and time again. It is Jakey Jake and the Funky Bunch. Jake Horitz is back on the Not The Footy Show, episode 137. Welcome, sir. Mate, I have big news. It's been breaking for the last 12 hours or 13 hours or however long Twitter seems to think that breaking news exists. Ricky Stewart (laughs) is a Canberra Raider. Once again, he's got a three-year deal. No word on whether that three-year deal has a one-year get-out clause. A three-year deal with the Canberra Canberra Raiders to coach from 2014. He leaves the Parramatta Eels immediately. What was your first reaction to this news? Well, mate, I thought it was good for the Raiders, uh, and, and that's the honest truth. I know a lot of people probably uh, think I'm weird for saying that, but I think it's great for the Raiders uh, from their perspective. I think Andrew Dunneman couldn't have got the job done after Ferner. I think Stewart provides a lot of discipline, which that Raiders team obviously needs as a, as a Raiders supporter, I might add. Um, you know, it's just a shame that probably we've had to dump uh, the likes of Dugan, Tani and... Ferguson and everyone else to, to get to this stage, but I think it's a, a very good move for the Canberra Raiders. Interesting on that, I don't know whether uh, the Raiders dumped those players as opposed to those players jumped. It's a, there's a bit of a Well, difference. maybe, a, yeah, a little uh, bit. In, in that, yeah. the, the most yeah. interesting part about this is, and we spoke about this last year, when there was rumours about, is Stuart going to coach the Eels? Is he, is he possibly going to Canberra? The, the underlying part of this, and, and para fans will get to the whole situation with you in a sec, but from purely the Canberra's perspective... The only explanation of why Ricky Stewart is coach of Canberra in 2014 and hasn't been coach of Canberra in 2013 is a sense of loyalty to David Ferner because he obviously just didn't want to white on him last year because from everything yeah. that we'd been told and we've been hearing, mate, is that Canberra offered him the job last year yeah. and he decided not to undercut David Ferner and took the para job. Yeah, well, I remember when I was down there working with you last year at some stage and we were thinking he was going to go and obviously he's got that close alliance with Ferner decided to take that Eels job and that obviously hasn't worked out but what I've been saying to a few people up this way is that the thing is you, it's like players you want to have players who want to play for your team and yeah. you want to have a coach who wants to coach for your team now if Ricky Stewart wasn't happy and if he wasn't 100% into it then I think Power fans should be happy that he's gone and Raiders fans can be happy that they've got him because at least he's obviously you know he's, a, he's won three premierships with the Raiders over 200 games um you know, he's gonna. He wants to be there, and I think that's the key factor. Yeah, and the frustrating part, purely putting the Canberra fan hat on, is that it took him twelve months longer to decide to come down here. Um, yeah. And the harshest bit to, to get my head around is that I'll give you two quotes from John McIntyre, the outgoing Canberra chairman, 
Uh, the first one was last year, I think, after the Tigers beat the Raiders 40 points to nil in Canberra. It was David Ferner would have to lose 30 games in a row to lose his job. Oh, geez, man. That was an interesting one. Well, like last time I checked, he hadn't lost 30 games in a row. I think his last losing streak was about three. Um, yeah. But then last night at the uh, Mal Meninga Awards, the Player of the Year Awards for the Raiders, he told Tim Gable of the ABC in Canberra that it's like the stars have aligned that Ricky Stewart can come to Canberra. Mm. Now, well, yeah. look, obviously a lot had to, had to fall in place for it, but I think it's, it's the best move, as you said, you know. So, you know, Ferner's job came under scrutiny every time he lost a couple, as you said. So, but, you know, now Ricky's here, I guess it's, it's up to him to, to decide where he goes with that. And that's exactly right. And then the other part of the whole situation, which was sad for me as a Canberra fan, was watching how the Raiders went about their coaching search. I mean, I, I'd use the old inverted commas there because they said, oh, we're going to get a panel together, we're going to get a Gowaninger in as a... Cons-. Look, they wanted Ricky Stewart for the last two or three years. Yeah. The moment that they exactly. knew that they were going to get him, all that idea of we're going to do a coaching, it's, 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 it's just hyperbole, and it's really disappointing because to, to underscore that, Andrew Duneman, who, okay, three games, didn't do anything with it. The Raiders played like absolute nip-nuffs those last three matches and the last six games, really. But he found yeah. out that he didn't have the head coaching job via Fox Sports News last night. Yeah, see, that's just not all. And, and who's running the show to, to think like that? It's just disgraceful. No, I mean, at least David Ferner got a visit from his brother, who's the CEO, um, at his house or wherever he was staying in the South Coast when he got sacked. Mm. I just find it, it's, it's very disappointing. Hopefully Stuart comes in and, and makes changes. Stuart would want things taken care of above him to be able to get his job done. Yeah. And you get the impression exactly. that that wasn't really happening at Parramatta. Uh, and yeah. and the, the toughest thing for Stuart now is what do you expect from him as a Canberra coach given that this year, look, he preached patience, he preached all these kind of things at Parramatta and has now left him. The, the part that yeah. I look at from a Canberra fan point of view solely is that Canberra have to learn how to tackle again and how to put their boy in the line. That is the main thing, I think, that he will install over the off-season. Well, look, what is it? I mean, you can say what you want about Ricky Stewart in terms of, you know, some people think he's, a, he's not much of a coach, and I suppose, you know, when you've coached four clubs and, you know, one of those overly successful one at Premiership with the Roosters, of course, but, you know, since then, I've been... Oh, I thought he did a good job with New South Wales well, to put us back on quick, the map. Quick, quick point you know, on that, and just a couple so of stats. He's New South Wales country as well. Yeah. The thing about him is that he's going to bring that discipline, and, and you know that Ricky Stewart's side... You know, you, you, can, you can say how bad Parramatta were on the field this season, but, you know... They, you know, they weren't having players muck up that, like Canberra are having down <laughs> in the nation's capital. And... That's what the Raiders need. From a Raiders perspective, they need someone who's going to really take control of that club. As you said, it needs to happen at the top as well. But I think he's definitely the commanding presence that the Raiders need on the whole to, uh, I guess, start trying to rebuild. Because it really is rebuilding phase for Canberra yeah. now too. We must, we must their, their, their window sort of closed, um, basically, yeah. with, I think Campisi hurt his uh, knee. Uh, the, the part about the uh, development... I guess, of, of Stewart's reputation over the years. Everybody points to his three straight grand finals in 02, 03, 04, and obviously the premiership in 02, and says, oh, he had Brad Fittler. Oh, he was just building on Graham Murray. Well, yeah. Phil Gould had had the same sort of squad for the back end of the 90s. He built that squad. It wasn't Graham Murray who yeah. built that squad, and, and obviously, rest in peace to Muzz, but it was Phil Gould who built that squad, and he couldn't get it done, and then Graham Murray got to the grand final in 2000 and couldn't get it done. Ricky Stewart yeah. won the premiership in 2002, made two more grand finals. That's a pretty good effort. Then he left. Yeah, well, and look, you don't, you don't coach Australia and, and New South Wales if you can't coach. Exactly right. And then um, he went to Cronulla, and they went from being, well, Cronulla in 07 yeah. 
pretty average that year. They, but the second year, he took them all the way to the preliminary final where they lost in the preliminary final to Melbourne who had a couple of players out. That was their big, great chance, I reckon, their best chance since 97. Everyone forgets that he got a team to win one game of the grand final in 2008. That's not that long ago. It was, it was Cronulla, and yet people kept saying he can't coach. Yeah. Well, see, the, the thing I've seen a lot of people, you know, on on stories and and on the internet sort of saying how bad a coach he is, but and because he because he didn't coach New South Wales to a serious victory, but what he did for in storing pride and passion, and again I'll say that word again, discipline yep. into that New South Wales side was extraordinary. And you know, obviously that Queensland side is going to be you know probably the greatest Origin side ever uh, when when it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, but when what Richie Stewart did has been phenomenal of getting that New South Wales jersey, the pride back in the jersey, yep. and getting us very back and competitive. And, and, you know, a couple of things go our way, and we would have won a series, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. So the guy can coach, and when he's coaching at a club, that means a lot to him, mm. and he wants to coach for. He never wanted to coach Parramatta, as you said. He did it because it was a job, and, you know, he didn't want to be the origin coach anymore. Yeah, he's going to be coaching at a club that means so much to him. He's won premierships there. He's won best and fairest there. He wants to coach there. And when someone wants to coach and will put their heart and soul on the line for the club, then that's what's going to make the difference between, say, this year at Parramatta and next year at the Raiders. Last point about the Raiders. He gets to coach Josh Rapali, which I guess is a good thing, um, given yeah. that he signed, him last, he signed him at the start of this year and then missed out on him. And he also is going to do everything he can to try and hold to Anthony Milford. So good news for the Raiders. I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. Now, speaking of the team that misses out in this, I guess, or do they miss out? Parramatta obviously had signed Stewart. There'd been comments made by the old board that he was the best coach we've had since Jack Gibson and all the rest of it. There's been board upheaval. His first year hasn't been good. I think they won five games or six games. Um, It hasn't been a season that you really would say they've built a lot. But at the same time, I think the biggest thing that Ricky Stewart leaves legacy-wise at Parramatta is he cleaned out the garbage that was on their roster for the last couple oh, of years. And, and, he, and, he, and he, a lot of people, again, saying what, what, what I'm hearing um, is that people are saying, oh, he, he dumped everyone and then moved on. And, and uh, you know, as Parramatta fans have, are in all their rights to say that. But the thing is, he has cleaned out the stuff that they didn't want. Now, you know, I'm not condoning... I'm not... Uh, saying that it's a good thing that he's done it and left, you know, got a job half done, so to speak. But the thing is, those players he got rid of and contracts that he's managed to get get rid of, that's a good thing for Parramatta fans. Obviously, their club is in a massive rebuilding phase at the moment. Yeah. But still, you didn't want you didn't want those contracts that they had that that's uh, filling up the space on the in the salary cap and so, and so on. It's completely true. That's still a good move. You're right. That's his legacy. It's just probably a shame in terms of Parramatta fans that he, he's you know, wielded the axe, so to speak, and then hasn't followed it through. But anyway. Anyway, they, they've added Corey Norman. Um, I think Lee Mossop is an Englishman. Nathan Peets. Uh, there's a guy called Gareth Hock who has signed with them but then has then, in the last week, signed with Salford. So I would imagine he's not mm. coming to Parramatta next year. And then Will Hopawade is the interesting one. Apparently, yeah. part of his clause or something has to do with who's in command or coach. I don't know how it works, but I'm pretty sure he signed his deal um, back when Carney was coach. But apparently he might not stick around if Ricky Stewart's not going to be there. So here's the real speculation. Everybody, this is pure speculation. When I posted this on Twitter last night, I said speculation city, which should give a pretty indication that it is speculation, is that I think Canberra have a bit of uh, salary cap space. They could sign old Will Hopper, why they couldn't they? Well, and he wouldn't be, be a bad uh, guy to have. I wouldn't mind seeing you know, 
Milford and Hopewadi, you know, running around uh, together. I think that sort of, especially when you consider a guy like we got a, uh, a few holes in that back line now that Ferguson and, and so forth are gone. So it's going to be a young back line, but um, um, it's going to be a young back line. But if you, if you could get Hopewadi, I think it'd be okay. Good. Last last part about it is the reaction of the Para fans uh, last night. If you're sitting on Twitter, it was interesting. Uh, the best thing I asked a simple question. I said, okay, Para fans, who do you think should come over and take over as the, as the coach of the Parramatta Eels? And some of the suggestions that I had were Neil Henry, Jason Taylor, Peter Sterling, Brad Arthur, who I was very impressed off last year, Daniel Anderson, uh, Paul Green, and then we've had some crackers. Uh, so Alex Ferguson, um, Vince Lombardi, which is going to be tough given he's not around anymore. Um, <laughs> that would be a good guess. <laughs> Harry Redknapp. Uh, and I think the best one, which I think is the only one, guy that can make a difference at uh, Parramatta is Jesus Christ. So, you know, there's some, some pretty good suggestions there from the Para fans who actually had a sense of humour to them. Yeah, well, yeah, and good on them too. I think in times like this, that's probably the best, best way to take it on. And, uh, you know, if Harry Radnack's willing to come over, then, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, I'd say if Ray Warren have a bit of a, com- uh, a, bit of competition for the uh, reddest face in rugby league, then I'll tell you that much. Um, the, the biggest part about the reaction that you generally got is everybody's blowing up at Stuart for not sticking around and finishing the job. And the same people that are writing that stuff on Twitter, and with all due respect, are the same ones who then write, I oh, sucked in Canberra, you're going to win the wooden spoon next year. Now, the bit that I can't understand is if you're disappointed that Ricky Stewart's leaving, then how come you reckon that the club that he's going to go take over is going to win the wooden spoon? Because that, to me, suggests that you don't rate him as a coach, yet you're angry that he's leaving. So... Can you just sort of make any sense of that at all for me, Jake? Well, that has been the biggest gripe I've had over the last 12 hours. I was like, can you pe- people please just pull it heading, you know? Because you, you can't have the best of both worlds. If you're going to whinge about him, then, you know, mate, I, I, I totally agree with you. That, that situation has just baffled me, okay. uh, how, how that's working. So, para fans, they, they, should, be, they should be happy. I, I think para fans... Yeah. Ricky Stewart's obviously, and fair enough too, is the scapegoat in this situation for para fans. And if I was a para fan, I'd be angry too, because he's obviously come in, promised the world, and delivered, you know, not much of a world. Um, so, <laughs> he, you know, fair enough to be angry, but these people who are saying that now the Raiders are going to win the wooden spoon because of it is just. Yeah, redonkulous, mate. No, redonkulous. I don't use the word redonkulous very often. I like the word. Okay, last thing, I just want to give a plug to wjnicholson.com, and that is because we're doing a finals notebook uh, every single day. And I've got a question for you, Jakey, because I don't know if you've read the articles yet, but you might know the answer to this. Which current NRL player has the longest consecutive finals game streak? Now, I want to know, like, literally, who, every year to year, he's played in every single game his team has played in. So you've got to think about which team has qualified the most games, most most years, and who would be the player that's probably played the most games in a row. Uh, we are giving it too much thought. I'm going to almost have to say probably someone from the Storm. Well, they, they missed out in 2010, remember? Pardon? They got eliminated from the uh, competition in uh, 2010, if you recall. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Um... Let's go someone left field. Oh, jeez. Um, maybe a bulldog. Go, Mammy. <clears throat> what was that? Go, Mammy. Go, Mammy. Oh, go, Mammy, yes. Um, let's go with maybe a... 
Glenn Stewart. Ooh, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll let you know. I thought it was, I looked at it originally and thought, oh, it's got to be someone who played back in like the 2000, and, um, I think it was five semifinals. It's Anthony mm. Watmo. Oh, yeah. He's Watmo. played, he's played every, every single semifinal that they've played in since I think it's 2004 or 2005. I think 2005 is the first year. Uh, Brent Kite has actually played more consecutive years, but mm. he missed uh, the first week of the finals in 2007. Uh, so he got eliminated. But interesting enough, the players that exist from that 2005 Manly team are Steve Maddai, Brett Stewart, uh, Brent Kite, and Anthony Watmo. So interesting little question for you there, mate. Almost thought, yeah, well, despite making me look silly, I thoroughly admire your research into that one, Was That was uh, very good. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? <laughs> Anyway, all right, buddy. Mate, Jake Horrocks, everybody. Uh, this one has been a short and sharp podcast. Uh, just reacting to the whole sticky situation involving Ricky Stewart, the Canberra Raiders and the Parramatta Eels. Buddy, uh, congratulations once again on winning the tipping competition this year. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, about time we mentioned uh, the important issues coming up. Uh, thanks uh, for everyone again. Yeah, taking out another title. That's two in a row. So uh, I'm obviously <laughs> doing something right. <laughs> and, mate, uh, quick one. Uh, right now, who wins the comp? Uh, mate, I am going to go with the Rabbitohs. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen! No, not gonna happen! <laughs> Ooh, that is very interesting. Well, we'll leave you on that and leave everybody sitting there thinking, how the heck did you come up with that? By wrapping up Not The Footy Show, episode 137, uh, Jay Horitz, you can, you can not only hear his beautiful tones, beautiful tones, uh, you can see his beautiful face. The, the sh- I've got to ask you again, mate, how is the shaving situation going? Are you just used to it now? No, I'm used to it now, was, yeah, look, uh, it's not really a face made for television, but, you know, when I shave, at least I look semi-respectable. And people want to know, do you use electric shaver or real shaver? Real shaver, mate. Yeah, no, I'm not fancy enough to have one of those electric ones. Have you got got a sponsor yet? (laughs) A hair sponsor? No, 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 a bit of Gillette ProGlide or something like that? I don't, mate. I'm just the old uh, Gillette Mac 3, I think. Uh, there you go, everybody. He is on uh, Channel 9 in Darwin. He not only presents the sports reports for everybody, but he is on the ground. He is out there breaking the big news stories. One of the world's best motocross riders has arrived in Darwin thanks to a local family who wanted to repay a favour. Today, Sebastian Tortelli showed us just how good he is and our young up-and-comers were keen to soak up every tip. Jake Horitz, 9 News. Mate... I haven't seen it yet, but there is a rumour that you were talking to R2-D2 on today, like, every other week. Hey, I... There he is, look at him. Oh. Get in my oh, belly! Stop. Get in my belly! Um, well, you know, I, I've been on, on there a couple of times, but uh, I'm not sure whether it's been any good or not. I haven't really watched it back, but, you know, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you decide that one, mate. No worries, everybody. That's been Jake Horrocks. I've been Warwick Nicholson. Thanks for being on the free show. Episode 137. Give us a rating somewhere. Yeah, go on. What is this? A center for ants! Not the footy show. Just a quick one, everybody. It's Warwick Nicholson here, obviously, from Not the Footy Show. Look, today is Are You OK Day, um, and it's about suicide prevention, essentially, and, and dealing with um, things like like depression and, and the like. So, look, if you see someone that you haven't seen for a while or you just see someone on the street, it's okay to ask them if they're okay. You don't have to engage them in the longest conversation of your life. Just, you know, offer a bit of um, humanity, I guess, towards them and just ask them, 
are you okay? And it's just one of those important things that we, uh, we recognise and hopefully recognise it more than just uh, one day a year, everybody. Ask your friend, are you okay? The key goes in, the engine kicks over, off comes the handbrake, on goes the indicator and we're gone, yes! Pepsi.